All right, welcome back to another episode of Sports Pulse Podcast. Nick, it is a beautiful Tuesday out. Uh, I think you and I are getting together later to uh, play some blitz ball and watch some baseball games tonight. So uh, how you doing? I'm good. Um, just got off work. Uh, I'm excited to go play some blitz ball. It is nice out, but it uh, is the season for allergies. My eyes are killing me right now. Um, but besides mm. that, I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, yesterday, I had two of my very last classes of the semester. The last class of the semester is tomorrow. Um, I only have one more final left to do, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, thankfully, you know, this has been a really long school year for me, um, so I'm excited to get that done and over with. Moving on, you know, going jumping straight into our content today, it is kind of a lot. As we mentioned last episode, uh, this week is going to be completely devoted to the NFL draft. So, Nick, what are we talking about today? Uh, so, we did promise a, uh, a while ago, and uh, we promised last week, and we just keep promising and promising and promising. So, today we are going to mm-hmm. fulfill our promise of doing our own. Uh, we worked together, we worked really hard on this, uh, on our own Sports Pulse podcast mock draft. Uh, we're just going to go through the top 15 uh, right now because it kind of gets dicey from 16 through 32. Uh, and just to mention uh, before we actually jump into it that this is just assuming no other teams trade. Obviously, we didn't include the Dolphins trading back up to 6. The Eagles are now at 12. Uh, and the 49ers are at 3. But we're not going to assume that the Patriots are trade up. Uh, we're not going to assume teams like the Lions or the Panthers are going to trade down. We're just going to stick everybody where they are right now as of Tuesday the 27th. Uh, if any trades happen, then we might update it uh, on Thursday, but we're not going to go through a whole other mock draft Thursday. We'll just update the trade that happens. Yeah, agreed. So I, I think we can probably just get started because this is probably going to be one of our longer-ish uh, episodes, and if it's not, it's at least definitely uh, action-packed. Right. So I think at number one, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. It is the start of the Urban Meyer era down in Jacksonville. And I'm pretty confident uh, when I say that we all know who this pick is going to be, and that's you know Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. Uh, this has been their guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you know they've pretty much have confirmed it now that he will be their number one pick, uh, which comes to no surprise to any of us. Uh, he's definitely the most polished quarterback in this draft, probably the most NFL ready at least. Uh, you know, six foot six. You know, you know, probably around 240 pounds. I don't know if he's added any weight during the offseason. Uh, had a great pro day. Obviously, you know, the success that he's had at Clemson, I'm pretty sure that, you know, this is something that we could all see coming. Yeah, um, yeah. there's not much to say about it. We know we know who Trevor Lawrence is. Uh, he won a national championship as a freshman. Uh, you know, the kid's been NFL ready. A lot of people have said he's been NFL ready since his sophomore year. Uh, so it was no surprise when he was finally ready to come out that he was going to be the first overall pick. A lot of people thought it was going to be the Jets. The Jags end up slipping. A lot of controversy over maybe Urban Meyer goes with an Ohio State quarterback in Justin Fields. But I think since then, and after his pro day, uh, they've proven that Trevor Lawrence is their guy. And as he should be. Like you said, he's 6'6". I have him listed down as 220. He could be a bit more than that. Uh, but he has a big arm. He's a proven winner. He, like you said, he's the most polished. He's the most NFL-ready quarterback out of uh, all the, you know, five or six or maybe four guys that we have are going to be listed uh, as even top ten or you know first-round quarterbacks. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence, no surprise, he's definitely going to be the number one guy. Yeah, uh, you know, I think like you said, uh, just we, the production that he's had on the field is kind of unmatched. Even though there were links to originally. You know, maybe saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars could take Justin Fields after the success that, you know, he kind of had in the college football playoffs. But like we said, cut Trevor Lawrence uh, moving on. At number two, we have the New York Jets. And this has become kind of a not so controversial topic because in the beginning of the offseason, it definitely was. The New York Jets were stuck, uh, you know, with the kind of media coverage on whether or not they were going to stay with Sam Darnold. Uh, As we have covered before, Sam Darnold was traded to the Carolina Panthers, opening up the spot at quarterback. So at number two, it is pretty obvious that they will go with a quarterback. Um, For the most part, most people do believe that is going to be BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. 
Personally, I really like this pick. I think it's probably the most fitting for them. Um, you know, Justin Fields uh, might be a more, uh, you know, potential, you know, t- like higher potential quarterback. But I think that for the New York Jets, Zach Wilson is the fit for their scheme. Um, you know, I think with all the you know type of players that they've been adding, you know, with Corey Davis, I like that uh, this fit better for them um, than Justin Fields. And I want to see your, your take. Yeah, uh, this would be the second team in a row that will be bringing in a new system, a new head coach. Uh, the 49ers defensive coordinator, Robert Salah, will take over the reins in New York. Uh, as head coaching, uh, there was a lot of controversy, like you said, over if Donald was going to be their guy. They originally came out and said, yeah, he's our guy. And then, you know, a couple months later, they ended up trading him to the Panthers. So obviously set on a quarterback. But the question was, who was it going to be? Was it going to be Justin Fields, who had some late success in the college football playoffs, or was it going to be BYU's quarterback, Zach Wilson? I believe they come out and said, not officially, but after his pro day, that they like Zach Wilson a lot. Uh, it is speculated that he is going to be their guy. Uh, you know, he's 6'3", he's 210 pounds. Uh, he's a big guy. He won a lot in BYU. Uh, my only thing for Zach Wilson, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he has what it takes to be a winner uh, in the NFL, I like Robert Salah. I think he has. Uh, he's going to a system where he's going to be able to win uh, and succeed. My only problem is that you know, playing in BYU, he wasn't playing you know teams like Ohio State and Clemson and Florida, those guys. So you know, obviously that's not stop Patrick Mahomes. You know, he played at Texas Tech, uh, not playing against any of those guys. But you know, we've seen guys like you know Baker Mayfield who haven't had much success playing at the same places. So I don't know. I like. He's, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he has a good arm. I think he has what it takes to succeed. I just always am not a big fan of guys that have you know really good college careers not playing against real tough defenses. Yeah, I know that that is one uh, you know small thing that you know a lot of scouts have said about Zach Wilson is in the games that he has played against you know bigger named schools that he has kind of folded in those competitions. But like you said, I, I really like the potential that he has. I like, you know, the type of player that he is. I think his motor and his work ethic will probably carry him, uh, you know, to have a hopefully a successful, you know, at least start to his NFL career. Um, you know, it's going to be tough, obviously, going to New York where, you know, they haven't seen much success in you know, the last few years. So maybe a change of, you know, pace and change of culture there uh, will do them some good. Agreed. Moving, oh yeah, moving on. We at number three is the San Francisco 49ers, who you know, as we have covered, traded up to be in this spot uh, to pick third overall, and it has become increasingly clear that they will take a quarterback. Now, Nick and I have kind of sifted through uh, some of the information and talk that's been going on. Uh, there's been a lot of talk to Mac Jones and even Trey Lance at this spot. But for us, we decided to go with Justin Fields. I think that for the 49ers, Mac Jones just doesn't fit their system. Now, yeah, I get it. Right now, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is there, and he's probably a Mac Jones-esque type player, a guy that doesn't really move around that much. But Justin Fields is a little bit more athletic. However, I I think that in terms of just being more polished, Justin Fields is a better quarterback. And the San Francisco 49ers are a team that is just filled with speed and, you know, playmaking ability on the offensive side. Obviously, they have Raheem Mozart, who has recorded, you know, basically the top three fastest speeds with the ball in the last, you know, three years. Uh, you know, you and I, Nick, are, are both big fans of uh, the wide receivers that they have there with okay. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So I, I think that. I'm not saying that you know, 49ers need to run like a, you know, a, a spread type scheme, but if they have an athletic quarterback, just imagine how dangerous all those weapons on that offense could be. So I, I think that you know, maybe it doesn't happen, but it's something that they should seriously consider. He's got a big arm, another guy that you know, he's 6'3", you know, he's a big body, but he's still really athletic. He can throw in the pocket. He can throw on the run. Uh, so I, I like him for San Francisco. Um, you know, a lot of the mock drafts we've seen really haven't favored that, but you know, time will tell. Yeah, I'm. I'm like you. Uh, we agreed on this pretty fast that I'm not buying into the uh, the bluff. Um, you know, admittedly, I have played poker quite a lot 
uh, even though I might be a little underage to be. But with that being said, uh, I don't buy into the bluff. Uh, I think what they're doing is working because we see, saw the Patriots are interested in trading up into the top 10 to maybe get someone like Mac Jones. So I think they're just trying to play their cards right and get teams scared to you know, give away things that they might not want to give away to try and move up. Uh, with that being said, I think Justin Fields just makes the most sense. I agree with you. Uh, that offense is freakishly athletic. They got speed. Ayuk, Samuel, uh, Kittle, he's fast for a tight end. The, um, Raheem Mostert, you said. Uh, you know, this is a very athletic offense at pretty much every skill position. Their offensive line isn't bad. And I think Justin Fields is, I, I want to say underrated, because even though he wasn't projected, you know, top three pick, I think he's underrated right now and he's getting a lot of hate, uh, a lot of unnecessary hate. Yeah, he knows, he's not the most accurate quarterback, but he has a big arm. The kid's 6'3", he's 230 pounds, so, you know, he's a bigger guy, but he can also move. And I think the way the NFL is trending is you're going to have to have some athleticism at the quarterback position that's just the way the game is moving um you know we're seeing a lot of guys like peyton manning and tom brady not come into the league anymore uh, even guys like trevor lawrence who's 6'6 220 pounds you know he's a guy that can move that's the way the game's moving you gotta be athletic to play almost every position now and i think justin fields kind of fits that scheme and i think he is the most polished out of trey lance and uh, mac jones i think he's the best fit uh, i'm a fan of justin fields i would love to see him uh, fall to my Falcons, but I don't think that's going to happen, and I'm okay with who we think is going to Falcons are going to take. Uh, but with that being said, I think Fields is definitely going to go to three. Yeah, and, and to really cap it off, uh, you, you mentioned that you know Fields has had some struggles with his accuracy, and you and I really quickly discussed this beforehand. Yeah. Um, before we started recording, accuracy is something that you can work on. We saw it with Josh Allen. Josh Allen came into the league obviously with just absolute tremendous arm talent you cannot teach that type of talent you know throwing the ball 60 70 yards down the field you can't do that however you can work on you know mechanics you can work on motion all these things help contribute to accuracy that's something that you know if justin fields is struggling with it's something that you can go into camp especially this year you know knowing that you're gonna have a rookie camp and otas that and, and even though it's a you know a three-week preseason you know, you'll still have game time to work on it before you get into the regular season. So I think for San Francisco, this is probably the better option. I mean, look, I'm not hating on Trey Lance or Mac Jones, but honestly, I would take Trey Lance even over Mac Jones in this case. I think that for San Francisco, they really need to take a look at what, you know, what their players are and what the capability of, of their offense could be if you add a guy like this. Um, you know, I think Mac Jones, even though he is similar to a playing style that Jimmy Garoppolo has, um, right now it's not really working. I also don't think that Mac Jones has the arm strength to kind of throw that ball over top. So, you know, you're going to have guys in the box, obviously, against the run. They, they run the ball really well. So if you can take the tops off coverage, you know, Justin Fields can give you that. Um, where I'm not saying that Mac Jones can, but we've seen some of his throws and they don't look that great down the field. So I, I think that Justin Fields is the most polished at this point. Um, and I would like to see him uh, be taken at number three. At number four, uh, moving to Knicks, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a probably one of my favorite players in this draft. Uh, and that's the tight end out of Florida, Kyle Pitts. Pretty sure this has become... Not solidified, obviously, because the draft is on Thursday, but this has become one of the biggest names in this draft, and the Falcons are heavily linked to it. They, they have recently come out even saying that they uh, might trade uh, Julio Jones, and I'm not saying that you know it should mean something, but it, I mean, I think that means that they're at least going to go with an offensive weapon. And for me, I think Kyle Pitts is just a generational, you know, talent. He's a tight end that looks and plays like a wide receiver, even though he's six foot six. Uh, you know, he ran a four four forty yard dash. Um, he's exceptional at the, uh, you know, the attack of the. My dog is barking. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> at the point of the catch, and um, you know, this is a guy that's going to be super fun to watch. I I I think he set the combine record for the longest wingspan. Um, you know, he's just super athletic. He just jumps off the charts and his, you know, the abilities that he has, obviously he's as a tight end, he is not the best blocker, 
But I, I think that the type of potency he has, you know, lining up in the slot or even lining up outside uh, is going to be huge for the Falcons. Uh, I know that, you know, obviously they have a lot of weapons or uh, they used to. Um, and, you know, we've seen Matt Ryan play at an MVP, you know, caliber uh, you know, season. And, yeah, Julio Jones is getting older, but he still went healthy. Probably one of the most, you know, intimidating wide receivers. Calvin Ridley has really stepped up. He's been one of my favorite route runners to watch. So, I for the Atlanta Falcons, this is a guy that I think they really need to take, uh, you know, not saying that they don't have other needs, but this is definitely something that if you can add to that offense, I mean, it's it's too good to pass up. Yeah, I uh, I would agree. Admittedly, my Falcons have quite a lot of holes that they need to address, and not that this addresses a major hole of theirs because, um, you know, Hayden Hurst didn't play bad for them last year at the tight end position, but this pick excites me for the Falcons, and I think if they do what I want them to do, uh, and we'll probably go over that on Thursday. But I, uh, I am a really big fan of Kyle Pitts. I mean, just picture Travis Kelsey, just at, more athletic and a bit faster. Uh, that's who this kid is. And if this is a guy that they can solidify with a young quarterback, then they may be able to take in the second round. Um, and Calvin Ridley, and even a couple of years with Julio Jones still, I don't think they might trade him because the reports that came out said teams were asking about it, and the Falcons didn't actually come out and say that they were interested in doing it, but they didn't say that it was, you know, not possible. But for the Falcons, solidifying a guy that is generational talent, and I mean, in this draft, you're going to see a lot of teams that might not fill the biggest hole on their team, but they're just going to take the next best guy. And right now, Kyle Pitts is probably a top three pick, but with quarterback needs with the top three teams, this guy is the, definitely the best non-quarterback guy in the draft. And I'm really excited to pair him. I mean, this offense gets really good. If Julio does stay this year, you're talking about an offensive attack with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts, and Matt Ryan throwing the football. And um, they just got that guy, um, I can't, uh, Mike Davis from Carolina as a running back. And he wasn't bad as a fill-in for uh, Christian McCaffrey last year. So this offense excites me a lot. Now, do I think the Falcons have a lot more needs on defense that should be addressed this draft? Sure. But like I said, a lot of teams are going to settle for, and I use the term settle loosely, they're going to settle for teams, uh, for players that are just generational talent, and they're going to be the next best guy there. This guy can play everywhere on the field. They can line him up at wide receiver, like you said. He can play at tight end. Although he's not the best blocker, uh, they can have other guys blocking at tight end. I think this pick just makes the most sense for the Falcons because it does solidify uh, the tight end position or just an offensive weapon position for possibly the next decade. Yeah. Uh, moving on at number five, we do have the Cincinnati Bengals. And recently, uh, this has become a spot where I thought it was something that was you know pretty obvious, but there's been some links uh, to whether or not the Bengals want to address adding weapons to Joe Burrow's repertoire. And for me, you know, as much as I would like to see them add, uh, you know, a guy like Jamar Chase or, you know, Jalen Waddle or any of the other, you know, really awesome wide receivers, they need to protect their quarterback. Uh, I mean, obviously he tore his ACL, tore part of his PCL, you know, absolutely destroyed his knee. You need to protect your, your franchise quarterback. Joe Burrow, you know, is probably going to be their quarterback for the next, you know, decade, hopefully, but only if you can keep him healthy. Obviously, we know the type of talent that he has. I mean, he looked good considering how many times he was running around getting smacked. Um, so I, I think that th this is a really obvious choice, but maybe it's not so obvious. Uh, I, I have Penny Sewell, you know, the tackle from Oregon going here. I just think it makes the most sense. I think it's something that they really need to address. And Penny Sewell is, you know, probably by far, uh, you know, the best tackle prospect in this draft, along with Rashawn Slater. But I, I think for the Bengals, Sewell just makes the most sense. Uh, you know, giving somebody that can block the blind side of Joey Burrow is just going to be extremely important. Um, you know, this is a guy that they'll have locked in. You can probably start right away. And you don't need to really worry about, you know, some of the struggles that he has. I, I think that, you know, Sewell's going to have a lot of success that we saw with uh, Tristan Wirfs in Tampa last year. You know, they're both very athletic, strong guys. I think that they'll be able to handle the pass rush well. Their footwork's really nice. So I, I think that this is the route they should go. 
Yeah, I agree. I think we both quickly agreed that uh, they would address the offensive line uh, position. And I think Penny Sewell is definitely the best offensive lineman prospect in the draft, like you just said. Uh, although a boring pick, there's not much to talk about offensive linemen, you know. Uh, it, it is a big address for them. Uh, just because, you know, I say boring pick just because, you know, they're not guys that are going to make, you know, one-handed catch or throw the football 90 yards on the field or making receptions. They're just they're guys that are going to solidify it. And uh, I think, like you said, he does compare a lot to Tristan Wirfs. I think he'll have a lot of success, especially in a division that is losing a lot of pass rushers, um, but also a division that does have a lot of good pass rushers with T.J. Watt and uh, Baltimore have a couple of guys that really come off the edge strong. So this is an address. Miles Garrett, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, this is a, definitely a need for the Bengals, and I think this just makes sense for them. Yeah, so moving on, this might be a more intriguing pick. Uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, picking at number six. So, you know, originally the Miami Dolphins were uh, the third overall pick, you know, when, which they acquired from the Houston Texans, but then they traded uh, down to twelve. Um, and then acquired the sixth overall pick from the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I think this is a pretty obvious pick. They're going to go with a wide receiver. Um, you know, they are making a point to build around Tua Tagovailoa, which is by far, you know, a good decision. You, ne- you need to give him weapons to make plays. Now, the real question is, what wide receiver are we going to see them take? Now, it really comes down between three guys. Um, the first two are, you know, former, you know, teammates of Tua. Uh, we have Devontae Smith, you know, the f- guy who just won the Heisman Trophy, or you have Jalen Waddle. He's probably the most explosive guy in this draft when the ball is in his hands. Uh, he ran the fastest forty-yard, or no, one of the fastest forty-yard dashes. I think he was third this year with like a four-two-seven. Um, you know, or you have the LSU wide receiver who did sit out this past year, Jamar Chase, a little bit uh, more. Physical, bigger-bodied receiver, but also very explosive. I believe he ran a 4-4-40 as well. Um, I personally think that they go with Jamar Chase in this uh, this situation. Look, I'm not hating on Devontae Smith. I'm not hating on Jalen Waddle. They're obviously the top three wide receivers for a reason. Um, You know, their skill is just insane, but... For the Miami Dolphins, I just think this makes the most sense. Uh, you know, giving to a, a little bit more of a bigger-bodied guy. You know, they have Devontae Parker still. Um, you know, they still have Jakeem Grant in the slot. Even though he's not amazing, I know that he's, you know, provided some, uh, you know, help with them. Obviously, with Mike Gusecki, that this is going to be a, you know, wide receiver core and passing offense that is going to have the possibility of being really well, but I think they need a, you know, a bigger guy. I mean, we're seeing this, you know, with no offense, but my New York giants. Yeah. They have good talented guys, you know, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, but none of them are really that big. So giving somebody that's a little bit bigger, um, you know, who probably catch the ball in traffic a little bit better, um, especially with, you know, Tua not having the strongest arm, I think would make the most sense for them at, at this spot. Obviously, they have another pick later on in this round. Um, I think that they probably use that to, you know, solidify their offensive line. Um, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, I think they made it pretty clear uh, that they were trading back up to grab something to put around Tua. And I think they just also made pretty clear that Tua is going to be their guy. Uh, they drafted him top five last year. Uh, you know, he didn't have a great season last year. He won quite a few games, but he also just didn't make a lot of throws. He didn't look spectacular. Uh, he didn't look like a top five pick. But you got to give players some time, and you have to give them some weapons. Devontae Parker was in and out of the lineup last year. Same with Mike Gusecki. Um, their running offense was, you know, subpar. They had guys like Sylvan Ahmed uh, play decent last year. And I just think they need to put some weapons around a very explosive defense, you know, what the story was with them with consistent games and turning the football over. Um, so I think their defense is going to play uh, pretty much the exact same way. They have no reason to not. Uh, they brought back pretty much everybody. The big question was just who were they going to take on the offense? And I think we both agreed that it was going to be Jamar Chase just because he's definitely the best wide receiver in the class. Uh, 
you know, no hate on Devontae Smith. Like you said, he was just the Heisman winner, but he's just a bit smaller, um, not height-wise, but weight-wise, I think. Um, and I don't think he's as, you know, number one kind of guy that Jamar chases. He just kind of has that build, like you said, better ability to catch the ball in traffic. Uh, not that Devontae Smith wouldn't be bad pick for them. I just think Jamar Chase is the better wide receiver in the class. Uh, you know, he's six foot, 207. You know, Devontae Smith is 6'1", 175. So, you know, there's another 30 pounds between the guys and only an inch. So, uh, I But I definitely think Jamar Chase proved that he was better in college, uh, but he did opt out because of the pandemic. But I think this makes it clear that they're going to go wide receiver, and I think we both agree that Chase was their guy. Yeah, agreed. So... Next question is really for the Lions. You know, they've had a lot of uh, talk that they might be trading down. But like we said earlier, um, we did not do this mock draft with any trades involved. Trading can get really complicated because it usually does involve other picks later on in the draft, you know, in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. Um, so we tried not to do that. And we just went with a pick that if they stayed there would make sense for them, you know, by their needs. For the Lions, unfortunately, they need to address basically everything. They need yeah. linebackers, they need offensive lines, they need weapons. Um, you know, they did just lose Kenny Galladay. So we agreed that if they were to stay at number seven, they would probably take what we said, um, you know, earlier that they would just take the best possible player you know available so we do have them taking Devonte smith uh you know i i really like him obviously i'm not a huge alabama fan but they i have to say obviously the the, the talent that they bring in and then produce in the nfl is undeniable this is a guy who by looking at him you are going to underrate him you are going to undervalue his production but if you watch the tapes, he's a guy that gets open. He is probably one of the cleanest route runners. He's probably the best route runner in this draft. Um, he gets separation from his you know, guys. He is sneaky fast. He, got, he has great hands, um, especially for his size. I think he's listed at 160. So you know, he, he's not a very big guy. But we've seen it time and again in, uh, in college, even though, you know, yeah, it is college. He does play in the SEC, so there are big guys that he plays against. He can take hits. Um, you know, we've seen smaller guys do it in the NFL. So I, I think that for the Lions, you know, we really don't have a lot to look forward to um, this season. But if they're looking to build for that future, obviously, uh, you know, maybe in 2023, 2024, you know, when these guys start to kind of get older, uh, then Devontae Smith is a good pick for them. Yeah, like um, like I said before, and you mentioned it, that teams are going to settle but not settle, if that makes sense. That They're just going to take the next best guy that's available. And, uh, you know, like you said, the Lions have holes pretty much everywhere on the roster. Uh, they did just get Jared Goff, but now with the departure of Kenny Galladay, uh, his only weapon is pretty much TJ Hawkinson, and uh, you're not going to win football games unless you're scoring points. So it does make sense for them to address an offensive need. Uh, for them, just because of how good Devontae Smith is going to be. Like you said, he is a proven uh, good wide receiver. You know, he won the Heisman over everybody else in college football. So uh, he definitely put up the numbers last year in a good offense, though. But, you know, a good offense can only go as far as you make up it. So uh, I am a fan of Devontae Smith. I think he played well last year. I think he might succeed in this offense. I'm not sure anybody succeeds in this offense, but... Uh, with that being said, I think he's a good player. Uh, the Lions need a lot of holes. There was a lot of speculation, like you said, they trade down. So they might not even be here to take a player. But if they are, I think they go wide receiver. And I think we agree that Devontae Smith would be their guy. Yeah. So, uh, and like like you said, there's just they have so many things to address. Obviously, they do need to um, really address the offensive line there as well. So, you know, I think that if they don't go with the wide receiver here, I think offensive line would be their, their, their next biggest concern. Moving to Carolina, this has really, really been an interesting um, topic recently because 
lot of people don't really know what they want to do. Uh, you know, Matt Rule is now the head coach down in Carolina with the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who, as we have known, has seen a lot of success with the New Orleans Saints and then was winning the national championship uh, in 2019 with the LSU Tigers. So there's been a lot of controversy saying that they could even take a quarterback despite the fact that um, you know, they did acquire Sam Donald from the New York Jets. And I just want to say that Nick and I do not see that happening. Um, no. For the Panthers, who used, I believe, all seven or six of their draft picks last year on defensive players, their first thing that they are going to do is take an offensive player. Um, whether that is a wide receiver um, or a lineman is really yet, to, you know, really yet to be determined. Obviously, but we do have them taking uh, an offensive lineman. We have them taking Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I really like this pick. I, I think that you know, for Slater and Sewell, uh, they are just by far the most polished tackles in this draft. They're really in a league of their own. Um, you know, I, I think that for the Panthers to pick him up would be great because whoever you have playing uh, quarterback this season, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's whoever you draft, um, you know, I, I think that this is something that is going to really be something that they need. You know, they have Christian McCaffrey who has dealt with some injuries and, you know, he's a great running back. But if you watch, half the time, there are people in the backfield when he gets the ball. Um, and to have that type of talent be at risk, um, it's just not something that you want to see. So I think that for the Panthers, if they don't trade down, uh, which we could see them do, uh, definitely going offensive line. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, in this scenario, I did say that teams are going to settle but not settle. I don't think the Panthers settled that much um, with Trey Lance still being there on the board. I can't foresee them taking a quarterback after just trading to get Sam Darnold. Although they didn't give up a lot, it does not really make sense. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold's not like he's pushing 30. I think the guy's 24, 25 years old. So uh, he's still heading into his quarterback prime around the 28-year-old range. Uh, maybe even sooner we've seen for guys like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but he is no Patrick Mahomes, so... He's still got a couple years left, but I think we just said this before that Darnold kind of has to prove himself this year, uh, and that will start with protecting him, and I think Rashawn Slater just makes sense for them. Uh, they don't have too, too many holes in their offense. Uh, Robbie Anderson is there, and they have DJ Moore, so wide receiver, they're pretty good. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is arguably a top three running back, maybe even top two uh, in the league. Uh, some people even consider him the best, so running back, definitely not a concern for them. Uh, so that leaves either tight end or offensive line. And with Kyle Pitts not being there, uh, Rashawn Slater just definitely makes sense for them to protect guys like Christian McCaffrey, uh, not having to do so much to get uh, into space and for Sam Donald to kind of have some time to throw to his uh, athletic receivers. Yeah, and I like that you said he already does have some, or you know, whoever's quarterback, they do already have some decent wide receivers there i know that i've seen a lot of talk um in connection with jalen waddle obviously the panthers lost you know curtis samuel to the washington football team so they were saying that jalen waddle could be that replacement which you know what i would say i'd like that but i wouldn't want them taking him at number eight um not that he's not that type of talent but i think that you know offensive line is a bigger you know necessity for them to address uh, moving on, uh, we have the Denver Broncos at number nine, and I, I just think that what we've seen, it, this is really going to come down to who still left and what they are willing to do. Obviously, with you know John Elway being the GM, I, I just think that for me, them, this makes the most sense, and them taking the quarterback. I know that they like Drew Locke, and a lot of people do, but a lot of people are also not sold on him. I, I think that for somebody like Drew Locke, he needs to have competition in the room. And for the Broncos, I, I think that Trey Lance can give that to him. Um, I also think that Trey Lance is probably a better quarterback than Drew Locke. 
Um, so I think that is probably their best bet. Now, I've seen a lot of people saying that it could be Micah Parsons, you know, linebacker out of Penn State, but I don't see that happening. I think for the Broncos, the best, um, you know, possible thing is, you know, maybe Trey Lance is available, maybe Justin Fields is available, but definitely going with a guy who's a little bit more athletic. Um, you know, Trey Lance, who is a guy who's coming out of a small school, same school that uh, Carson Wentz came out of, North Dakota State. He's been a very successful, you know, uh, what you call it, uh, quarterback. Sorry, um, given uh, g- given the you know team that he's on. But I don't want you to you know think that because he's on an FCS team, you know, a, a lower tier Division One team, that he's playing less competition. He's playing, you know. Every year, basically in the you know the college football playoffs uh, for the FCS, he is playing good defenses like James Madison. Uh, you know, yeah, he is a little bit unproven um, when it comes to uh, you know throwing the ball, but he has a decent arm. He's a you know again another bigger guy at six you know six three. He's super athletic and he has a lot of potential. So I know that there's a lot of upside with him. He's probably the most I want to say unscouted guy in this uh, out of out of the you know four or five main quarterbacks that were you know are really linked to this first round. He, he we don't really know what his potential is, but there's probably also a lot of upside. Um, so I, I like this pick for the Broncos. Yeah, I think the Broncos. I mean, they're gonna have a lot of the guys that opted out uh, and were injured last year back on their defense. So the defense should be good. Uh, probably not as good as it was when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, but it'll still be good. Uh, and I think offense is definitely going to be uh, a big need to adjust for them. And I, like you said, they did think um, that he was their guy at quarterback. But after watching him last year and not winning a lot of games and not making a lot of good throws, I think the quarterback position is definitely something that they want to solidify for the next couple of years. Uh, I definitely don't think Drew Locke is their guy. Uh, and I do like Trey Lance. Like you said, he did come out of a smaller school, but we saw that definitely did not affect Carson Wentz, who, like you said, came out of the same exact school. Um, so, I mean, I like this pick. I think he's the best quarterback that will be available at that time. I am not a huge Mac Jones fan. I know you're not either. Um, and I think he'll do good for them. They did add Jerry Judy last year, and he had a really good rookie season uh, for them when he was in the lineup. So I think him and Trey Lance probably put together some good uh, you know, some good drives next year, but I don't think it's enough for them to win a division. But I do think it addresses a need going down the future, and it's definitely going to be a quarterback in a very quarterback-heavy league. Yeah, agreed. At number 10, we do have the Dallas Cowboys. And I tell you, even though I'm not a fan, I know one of our best friends is a fan of the Cowboys, <laughs> you really never know what's going to happen when Jerry Jones is in charge. Um, just... You know, we always think, all right, well, they got a really big need here. Let's draft a third <laughs> wide receiver. That's a number one guy. But um, I think this year it should be more clear cut than anything else ever before in Dallas Cowboys drafting history. Take a freaking secondary player. Yeah. Patrick Sertain is just waiting for you to be, uh, you know, to take him. Uh, this is literally a perfect fit for Dallas. A physical, smart guy, thrives in zone coverage, great in man coverage. Uh, at number 10, he will definitely still be there, um, barring any surprises at least. Um, but he's, he's the best cornerback in this draft, hands down. Um, you know, I, I like J.C. Horn, and I, I, I like Caleb uh, Farley, but Patrick Sertain, he's come, it, I, Alabama products have proven to be good. Marlon Humphrey, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, obviously Landon Jones in the beginning of his career was really good with the Giants. Eddie Jackson's been great. I mean, I know that's a mix of cornerbacks and you know safeties, but I mean, come on, he he can tackle, he can cover. It's everybody, you know, every everything that Dallas kind of needs right now. Um, you know, obviously one of the worst rush defenses last year. They're not usually consistently good versus the uh, pass. And in a, even in a division where, you know, they don't have the best quarterbacks, um, it's definitely something to, you need to address because 
for the Cowboys who are always seemingly consistently, you know, eight and eight or, you know, around that 500 thing, they needed better defense to get them over that edge. Obviously, you know what type of talent you have on offense. You have Dak Prescott, you know, even though he's coming back from the injury, he still probably he played well last year and even if it was in garbage time, um, you know, Zeke, when he's healthy, obviously, and, you know, giving full effort, I believe that he is one of the most talented running backs. Um, and then, like we said, they have arguably one of my favorite receiving cores. Uh, maybe not the best because Tampa and, you know, Kansas City Chiefs exist. Mm-hmm. But um, come on, the, the talent that they have, C. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, it's off the charts. So definitely go defense uh, right now. And I think Patrick Sertain is the perfect pick for them. Yeah, I think we both agreed pretty fast that um, their biggest need was going to be secondary. And I believe a, a top five draft, uh, prospect in Patrick Sertain will uh, fall into the lap at 10, and they almost have to take him. I don't think there's any way that even Jerry Jones screws up this pick. Um, but <laughs> CeeDee Lamb was picked last year, so I can't even... I can't even begin to, you know, try and predict what the Cowboys are going to do. But um, we, as rational thinking human beings, are going to put them down into taking their biggest need, and that is going to be Patrick Sertain, who is a guy that was projected to be a top five pick this year, um, with a lot of offensive needs and a lot of very good offensive players. I think he's going to fall into the Cowboys' lap, and he'll be the first uh, defensive player taken off the board, and he will be arguably the best secondary player that we will see in the draft. I think he is the most talented. Um, I mean, I just I can't foresee the Cowboys screwing up this pick. I mean, they have to do it. Their defense was historically bad last year, especially against the pass. And uh, a lot of people said the run defense wasn't too bad. Yeah, uh, nobody runs the football against you if they can just throw for 500 yards against your defense the whole game. So, uh, yeah, no surprise there. So, I, I liked um, Trayvon Diggs. He played well last year for them uh, before and after he broke his foot. Uh, he played really well. They need to put somebody in front of him because I don't think he is a true number one corner, uh, but I think he'll fit very well at two, and I think the Cowboys getting certain will kind of lock down their uh, corner one and two spot for a very long time because they'll have two young guys uh, that'll play there. I think certain has to be the pick. I don't think Jared Jones could screw this one up, but I'm not going to say that with uh, full confidence. Yeah. Moving on, we do have my team, the New York Giants, you know, the the right in the middle of the pack. The you know, the Dallas Cowboys pick at 10, they pick at 11 and their other rivals, the Eagles pick at 12. So for the Giants, there's been a lot of links as to whether or not they're going to go with a wide receiver, a linebacker or an edge rusher. Um, for me, you know, obviously, this is an easier pick for me. You know, saying that I, you know, I watch this team play every day, and you know, I've seen the acquisitions that we've acquired now um, through the off season, and I, I think that it's becoming more increasingly clear that they need to go defensively with this pick. Um, you know, I know that I've seen Jalen Waddle's name thrown around in there. However, the biggest need for the Giants right now is kind of solidifying that defensive side. Obviously, with Blake Martinez, you know, Leonard Williams, you got guys that, you know, are consistent producers for that team. And, you know, they have a young secondary, you know, Jabril Peppers. But they need to get somebody that can make a play. Um, You know, more often than not, we find them, you know, kind of, they kind of find themselves in games, but they just can't get a pass rush to do it. So I have them taking Micah Parsons, um, I, I think that he is probably, along with Patrick Sertain, the, the, one of the best uh, you know defensive players in this draft. His talent is um, you know off the roof, but it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I think that you know this this is a guy, Michael Parsons, that we could see fall in this draft, and he might fall past twelve. And the reasons for that is there has been a lot of you know. Uh, off the field issues with him, you know, a lot of teams maybe hesitant to take him, so we could see him fall, um, you know, past the Giants. But you know, I guess we'll have to see. I think that if they don't go Micah Parsons and they don't go Jalen Waddle, we could see them take a you know edge rusher, uh, Quiddy Pay from Michigan. But I think that's a little too high for him. Maybe Jalen Phillips from Miami. Um, but time will tell. I think Micah Parsons, though, is the best fit for the Giants here. 
Yeah, I like this pick for the Giants. And I think after seeing a, a run of nine in a row offensive players, we'll see a run of, you know, three in a row defensive players coming up at 10, 11, and 12. And uh, I like the Giants' defense last year. I like the way it played down the stretch. Uh, like you said, they have a very young secondary, but a very athletic secondary. Uh, we didn't see much of what McKinney was, but when we did see him, I did like him. Uh, I think him playing across from Joe Pearl Peppers is really good at the safety position. Uh, I think Logan Ryan and James Bradbury played well for them, so their additions at the cornerback position uh, did also play really well. And I think that kind of secures that, although both of those guys are not uh, the youngest of players. They'll still be there for a couple of years, they should be, and they still should produce like they did last year. Um, up the middle, you know, Blake Martinez did play well. Their defensive line has been pretty decent, too. But I think their biggest need was, you know, getting some pressure off the edge. They don't really have a lot of guys that do that much, and I think Michael Parsons definitely fix, fits that need for them. Uh, he was a very good player at Penn State. But like you said, he might fall a bit more. But I think the Giants are able to take the gamble with because of how good of a player he is. Um, they, you know, the Giants have had quite some divas over the couple of years, especially with Odell Beckham. Um, you know, on their team. So I think they can definitely take the chance with take a Micah Parsons because it fills kind of their biggest need defensively. Um, besides, but I would not be surprised if they went offensive lineman at this point, but I think Micah Parsons just makes sense. Like I said, teams will be settling, but not settling. And I think Parsons will be the best guy there for them. Yeah. So moving on, this is probably going to be the last pick that we talk about because we are going about an hour and, uh, our software can only handle so much. So uh, <laughs> we are going to stop after this pick. But, you know, further ado, we do have the Philadelphia Eagles drafting at number 12. Now, with Rowie, uh, wow, I just botched his name, Howie Roseman, the general manager for the Eagles, um, this is a pick that I think is going to need to be really good for him because, you know, they had the sixth overall pick, they traded back. Don't know what the heck they're doing. You know, came out and said that they don't know if Jalen Hurst is their guy. Now they say Jalen Hurst is the guy. So they need to really figure out what the heck they want to do. They have some needs to address. Um, they've kind of really low-balled uh, with their draft picks recently. I, I'm not – obviously, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's been all over social media. Uh, finally, the draft room last year when the <laughs> Eagles took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson and the Vikings uh, draft room started laughing. Uh, I'm not saying that Jalen Rager's a bad, you know, bad pick, but obviously when you miss out on guys such as Jeff Justin Jefferson, when they're right in the middle of, you know, like right in your face, uh, you know, I think it's, it's really, really comical. Uh, we saw the same thing happen. They took JJ uh, Ortega Whiteside, uh, over DK Metcalf, look how that's turned out. So I think that the Eagles go away from offense <laughs> to try and actually make a good pick um, and address one of their biggest needs, and that's in the secondary. I think that they take J.C. Horn, quarter, uh, cornerback out of South Carolina. Uh, he is the son of former uh, NFL wide receiver Joe Horn. He's an absolute playmaker. Uh, I think that for the Eagles, this is a great pick for them. Uh, he is a little bit bigger. He's a little bit more physical. He is also a good, you know, zone coverage cornerback. But he, you know, he he's I really like him. And in a division where, yeah, you might not have the actually in a division where there are, aren't maybe the biggest names, but there are really good wide receivers. Obviously, Amari Cooper is a big name for Dallas. Um, like I said, C.D. Lamb is a problem. He's really athletic. Then you have Washington, who's going to be, you know, with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. The, the Giants, you know, pick up Kenny Galladay. The Eagles are going to need something. So I think that for the Eagles, you know, this makes sense. Again, I don't love their GM. He makes really stupid decisions. So maybe he makes another bad pick. But if it's right in the face like it is, you know, hopefully uh, they take a cornerback being J.C. Horn. Yeah, I mean, there must be something about NFC East GMs and just being so bad at drafting because the Cowboys pick a 10 and then the Eagles pick a 12. So there are two chances pretty much back-to-back to, -back to kind of make your draft day just a bit more comical. But uh, with that being said, um, I don't know. <laughs> the Eagles have just been 
bad at drafting. They had Carson Wentz and they took Jalen Hurts. They packed up on Justin Jefferson. They passed up on DK Metcalf. Two wide receivers that are kind of nobodies right now and probably won't be much of anything. Um, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback, but I'll definitely take Carson Wentz over Jalen Hurts any day of the week. Uh, And they kind of sold him away for pretty much next to nothing. I only say that because of all the dead cap that they're going to take this year. And boy, was this team bad last year. The Eagles, there's no way around it. They were bad last year. They were a dumpster fire. And um, trading down from six, being how bad that they are, just makes it even more funny. Uh, But we're going to think just like the Cowboys. We're going to think pretty rational here and think that they address a need that they need. And their defense was definitely worse than their offense last year. And I think J.C. Horn kind of addresses a big need of theirs. Now, they did get Darius Slay, but he didn't play that great last year. Uh, hopefully, he can turn around next year. And if they have J.C. Horn next to him, like you said, this is a division that is building a lot of athletic wide receivers. Not a lot of number one wide receivers, but a lot of athletic wide receivers. Dallas, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb, they're both athletic. They're not big guys, but they're athletic. Uh, and they make really good catches. The Giants, they just got Galladay. Uh, they have Slayton and Shepard. Those are athletic wide receivers. Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Those are both really fast guys. Both guys that run 4-4 and unders. So, you know, and we're seeing a division with guys that, you know, maybe not accurate, but they have quarterbacks that could take the top over and not afraid to do it either. Daniel Jones is definitely not afraid to turn the football over. And neither is Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick. And, um... Dak Prescott yeah. doesn't have the greatest arm in the world, but he can definitely get it over the over the top with the guys that he has. So this is a division that's going to need to you know solidify their secondary. We're going to see a lot of other teams doing that. The football team's defense was good last year. The Giants' secondary was good last year. Uh, the Cowboys, if they take Sertain and they have um, Trayvon Diggs, they're going to have a pretty decent secondary. So the Eagles are kind of just going to have to jump on this bandwagon and address that with their first pick. Yeah, I, I, like like you said, I, I just given the division that they're in, and even though obviously that it was you know NFC least last season, you can't dismiss the fact that there are teams you know in their division that are not afraid to throw that deep ball, that have guys that can make those plays, and the Eagles unfortunately just don't have the team that can cover that. So um, you know, I think that you know you and I, like you said. Trying to be rational here probably makes the most sense, but time will tell. Moving on, because this is, you know, like I said, this will be the last draft pick that we're going to talk about. On Thursday, we might not completely finish our first round, but we will give you updates, um, you know, on stuff. Obviously, when it comes closer to draft time, you do hear a lot more information that comes out. And also, we will give you some, you know, teams or picks to might you know look out for obviously you know i have a few that i want to say that are later in the first round um you know we might have some sleepers that you know could be first round talents that you see drafted in the second round it's a really deep draft so it really all depends on you know what teams really grade people out as you know and who they want to take next so you know this was a really long episode we thank you guys for you know sticking uh with us throughout this whole entire episode um we love this topic obviously this is something that nick and i are pretty you know evenly uh you know equipped with obviously with you know compared to uh mlb and nhl where it's usually mostly uh one-sided so you know we we are glad to be back talking about the nfl uh hopefully you guys are as excited for the nfl draft as we are and we will be back on thursday yeah i'm like like joey said this is probably one of my more favorite times of the year although i love watching the nfl play uh, i'm a huge guy with the whole rebuilding in the draft i love that a lot so uh, we have both been excited for a very long time. We're both happy it's here, uh, and we'll be excited to talk to you guys on Thursday. Peace.